This podcast today is presented by Anchor. Anchor is a free app that allows you to record, edit, and share your podcast to your audience on your iPhone, tablet, or computer. If you want to start a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. Without further ado, let's get to the episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the second episode of the Sports Bible Podcast. We are recording this on a Thursday. It will be available to you guys on Friday, December 10th. My name is Richie Dordis. I am joined here by Rob Green, my co-host. So how are you doing, Rob? Say hello to the fans. What's going on? How are you doing, Rich? I'm doing great. we got a lot to talk about. You know, my Knicks just, they look great one night, and then they just threw up a clunker yesterday. They, they got crushed by a team that just came out that they want to trade everyone. And yes. same we're going to talk team. about that, and we're going to see where that goes. What were you saying? I said same with my team, as you could see. Definitely one of those days where I'm just completely frustrated and <laughs> as a fan. Yeah. And, you know, we got a lot to say. It's going to be yeah, a good it was, show. Um, beginning of the week was a little slow, but we got a lot to talk about. Um, with Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Friday Slate. And just some overall takes that we have, some hot takes, if, if you would think they are, at least, depending on what fan you are. But uh, without further ado, um, let's just get started and on our first topic, Steph Curry. After last night, they beat the injured, very injured Portland Trailblazers, and he is now nine three-pointers away from breaking Ray Allen's record, which is crazy. Like, there was a, a point 10 years ago, I don't know if anyone saw this on Reddit, he um, someone said that no one ever would, no one ever would touch Rayon's record, and now here he is. Who's probably going? Steph's probably going to do it in the next game he plays. Yeah, I do remember seeing that the other day. The old Reddit post, I think Sports Center House of Highlights had posted it. But honestly, I think you might have been one off. I believe he had six, so I believe he needs ten to break it, nine to tie. I'm pretty sure. But um. It says here it's nine. All it says right, so... Golden State Warriors Stephen Curry now needs nine three-pointers to break Ray Allen's NBA record. All right. So, yeah, he only had 22 points. He wasn't off to the best of starts. He had a beautiful you know, feed from Draymond in the corner in the beginning. He airballed. He missed his first couple. He – I don't know. It's – nothing ever phases him anyway. I mean – whether it happens against Philadelphia, whether it happens against the Knicks, I don't know if they play in between that game from Saturday to Tuesday. But, yeah, and I, as I stated last podcast, and one of the biggest Curry fans out there. He's definitely my favorite player in the league. You know, we're seeing a lot of comparisons today. Like, is he the best player of this generation? Is he the best we've seen since Michael? And, you know, the best – what's the word? The best show we've seen since Michael, I guess. He's definitely the most entertaining. Yeah, one He's of those. Definitely entertaining, and and, and, and it's it's weird because when we think entertaining, we used to think dunks and just like Russell Westbrook dunking on people. But this guy is just taking step back threes, and 
it transcended the game and not not for the fact that that's how the game's played now which it is but now all of a sudden you see kids not wanting to dunk in a high school game they rather just shoot the long three and i think that that's like an underrated aspect of how big of a big of an impact Steph Curry has had on basketball mm-hmm. and the fact that he has changed the way kids think about it and the way players approach their game yeah and that's the biggest thing and you know we see big man take threes and stuff like that and it's not even just that too it's 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 his influence obviously on and off the court it's he has one of the best handles not just in the league but of all time his hand-eye coordination as an athlete is through the roof and arguably one of the best ever I was watching something on Sports Center yesterday, and they said he runs two and a half miles per game, and he covers about like 120 feet per possession. Because it's how they. I also heard another story similar to this. So Ray Allen, when he would land on road games with the, with the Celtics, he would go for a five mile jog or something like that. And that's the biggest thing that you know the upcoming generation needs to realize is as shooters, it's very key to move without the ball. You see, why do you think he had that 60 point game where he barely dribbled or whatever? He had 11 dribbles. Yeah. I was gonna, it was like 10, but he, um, it's about movement without the ball. It's about your balance. It's about your hand eye coordination. It's about working on your, your stamina. And it's just, you know, the art he does it in. And I, I think I heard Doris Burke say that like he practices, nowadays with his shot he barely tries to like it has wish he can't hit the rim and you know to base it off the question i am starting to believe that he is the best player of this generation you could say lebron you could say durant a lot of people won't yeah. say durant because of his decision but well yeah yeah, I grew up about that a little bit. yeah he is the second best scorer ever i'm looking at a stat here which is great you were right you uh, got me on that one. He's nine away from tying, ten away from breaking. Mm-hmm. He has – he's nine away. He has played 514 less games than Ray Allen. <laughs> like, that is cra- – he's going to destroy this record, and no one's even close. Like, Dame is 10th. James Harden's 4th. LeBron's not going to get there. James Harden's nope. fourth, and he's 400 away in 100, and, um, 100 plus games more uh, played, like more. Yeah. He'll continue and, to climb. James will continue to climb, but he definitely won't catch Steph, as we know. Yeah. Like, this is, obviously, play style comes into play. Like, Kyle Korver's on those list. That dude was literally a spotter shooter. Ray Allen, spotter shooter. Steph Curry makes his own shot. He creates his own shot. But it's just, it's just crazy to me. Even if the game has changed – how much of a landslide it is that he's the best shooter of all time. And I'm not putting anyone down. Like, all these guys on this list I have in front of me are Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, Kyle Korver, Vince Carter, um, Paul Pierce is on this list. Like, yeah. these, these guys, J.J. Redick, like, these guys, these guys are great shooters. And he just, it's it's silly. Like, every time he takes a shot, if it doesn't go in, it's like, is he all right? Like, is he good? And <laughs> they were talking about that last night at the game that, like, how the Warriors are so lethal because they move without the ball. They're fluid. They, they're they in control. They space well. And someone, the announcer said, why doesn't every team do that? And they said, not every team has Steph Curry. You, he commands so much attention. And mm-hmm. he still he still is on, his, is on this record pace. They play Philly on Saturday. 
would not be surprised if he had it in the first half. It, it, it's it's gotten that silly. That's a, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but he's gotten that good. I and don't even. He's so fun to watch. It's so refreshing to watch. Yeah, and I was say I would I wouldn't call that much of a, an exaggeration. I mean, the Sixers got a solid defense, but if we see there's like multiple like there's three to four guys that like are like close to him or worried about him. He crosses the logo at half court, and it's what you said. You don't see anybody shoot this way off the dribble, this special, and it goes way beyond that, man. He's he won what you said before about you know it's you never see like a guard do this, and he's small. I might have said this last pod. I could be wrong, but Steve Kerr said it. I remember last season when he had that sixty point outing. He was like, you know, you see a lot of different beasts in our league, whether it's LeBron, whether it's Mike, whether it's Giannis, Durant, like it, I'm running out of words. I really am. And like, I am, like I said, I'm ready to call him the best player of our generation. And I'll say one of the best shows we've seen since Michael and it's, he, he boards, he gets steal. He'll get great pass or assists. I should say, you know, he has those no look dimes. It's just, He's must watch every night, even if you're not that big of a basketball fan. It's, you know, he's all message motivation. He brings that Kobe Bryant type of message to follow your goals in life, yeah. no matter what it is. And it's just truly special. And just to call it an art is the very least you could say. And just amazingly influential, for sure. You want to hear something crazy? What's up? His field goal percentage outside of the year he got hurt in 2019 and 2020, is the lowest of his career. And he's probably the MVP leader right now. Yeah, I would it's at, say it's so. At four, it's at 44%, which is good. Like, it's solid, especially for a guy that shoots a lot. He's still averaging 27.5 points a game in the league in free throw percentage. And it, it's just it, – his it, – it's kind of like – I don't want to compare it to Mahomes because Curry's older. But it's to the point where – the littlest of mistake makes him look like, oh, what's wrong with Steph Curry? Because you're so mm-hmm. used to him just dominating. Yeah, and we, we said we said it last week. He's never going to shoot 421 again. I got news for you. And, yeah, I mean, I watched the game last night while I watched Boston lose. And we I saw the like 14, 14 and a half. I was, was surprised that uh, Portland only lost by 10. But, yeah, it's just – They hung around. Um, to like the fourth quarter, and then I was watching the game, and it was just like they took complete control. Starting lineup of Norman Powell, Dennis Smith Jr., Yusuf Nurkic, <sighs> coming start on Dennis Smith. <laughs> uh, uh, he's such a bad football. He's just a not football. He's such, so he should play football. Dennis Smith might be a nice guy, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm very happy the Knicks didn't take him. They took Milikina, so that didn't really work. But uh he's just he's. He's like the he's like the prototypical athlete that can't shoot, and then it never works. He was the answer. Let's remember once they traded. Uh, yeah, <laughs> once they traded Porzingis and got the salary yeah. dump, he definitely was the answer that year. No, I'm just think about the but... trade the Knicks made last year. They traded Dennis Smith for Derrick Rose. Yeah, Derrick Rose and... has been he's been an anchor. Yeah, he definitely is one of the team's heart and soul. It's always a spark, whether it's you know, playing 30 minutes or more, leading guys off the bench. So he's like giving his teammates a nice mental message to always stay positive. But yeah, I mean, who does with Derek Rose? 
I definitely want to look yeah, into his yeah. book soon. Yeah, he um, not, I'm not gonna get too much into the Knicks on this podcast. Maybe yep. with the Pacers, I might, but. I swear when he goes on the court, he does nothing wrong. Like, I swear everything. He's always in the right spot. He's, he's going to miss some shots as basketball, but doesn't turn the ball over, never fouls. Like, he just – he does everything right, and he's just – he's such a perfect, perfect bench player. Like, yeah. I know he wants to be a starter. Everyone wants to be a starter. But he is, in my opinion, like, losing him would be – would ruin the Knicks if they aren't already ruined. I don't think the Knicks are ruined, but some people do. Um, he just – he fits so perfectly. He he makes everyone better, and you could see it. You could see his presence. Yeah, not to get too much into the Knicks, I just wanted to throw that out there because I heard it, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, he's just yeah. like a – he's an anchor. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely a huge piece for them. And last year is the first time where basketball fans actually said, hey, he looks kind of like similar. Not Obviously not really to be compared, but – sort of like the same glimpses we saw in Chicago in that 2011 season where he looked aggressive, wasn't hesitant, stayed healthy. But, yeah, he's not just a special player, but a special human being for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I brought up the Pacers, so we're going to get into that now. A report came out this week that they are looking to tear down. Like, they're going to trade Sabonis, Karis LeVert, Miles Turner, who had some – uh outspoken comments on his time in Indiana, but we're going to talk about that. Uh, Before we get into each player individually, do you think it would be smarter for the Pacers to trade Sabonis, Turner, and Levert as a whole, like group them or group two of them or trade them all individually? I have my take, but I'll let you go first. Um, With the way Levert's playing now, I'm sure sure it wouldn't be that scary if someone got – I mean, it could, because you put him with one of those two bigs, that's a great duo you're getting. Even if, like, Levert has an injury bug or he's not quite himself. But it depends the situation as well. Now, say say Detroit is getting those two. Say they're getting uh-huh. one of the two bigs with Levert. That's perfect for them. You definitely don't want to pair. so bad for them. <laughs> I you feel definitely... so bad for them course man and you, you definitely do not one guaranteed that they're going to be looking at a conference they definitely don't want to trade them within the conference i'd imagine i'm not you know I, what do i know i guess but it's i'm gonna look at like how they were Austin was interested in paul george before they drafted jason tatum that was a big reason why he went to okc they wanted didn't want to deal him within the conference and he uh I would say that it's just we don't see that a lot, especially for a team like them that's on the decline. Like, I don't think it would be to the Pistons. I think it would rather be to Sacramento or something like that. Mm, that's that's a, the big – that's the I biggest – think me- about them. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest maybe mess off is uh, kind of has name on the radar a little bit. But you could think of a couple deals. I mean – like we said last week, Irving makes sense if Indiana was kind of interested in them. I mean, do they want Levert back? Who knows? Obviously, one of those – I definitely don't think they're unbeatable. We talked last week how, you know, are they underrated. I wouldn't say underrated, but, like, it's just you got no defense and it's just you got a great group of role guys, but there's other teams that are performing better. Um, yeah. I mean, Simmons would make sense as well. I, I know Indiana used to have uh, interest in him. And it's just, yeah, I would 
much more guess that a deal would happen out of conference or something. You know, I, I don't know how far that Fox idea is and like how much the rumor would go. But I know you were going to say something about Turner as well. What were you going to say? Well, I, I just cringe every time I hear Ben Simmons' name. Oh, I hate <laughs> that guy. <laughs> I just think, I mean, he might be the nicest guy in the world. So I, one thing we're going to share on this podcast, nothing is personal. I don't hate anyone. Just our opinion. All, they, I'm, my assumption opinion. is they're all nice guys, but my lord, I just think he is such an average. He is not as good as Lonzo Ball, and everyone wants to give Lonzo Ball crap. And I know he's been great with Chicago; he fits perfectly. But Ben Simmons is Lonzo Ball that can't shoot, and at that point, you're like Pablo Prigioni, and like <laughs> he's probably better than Pablo Prigioni. Nothing against Pablo Prigioni. Nick's legend. Nick's <laughs> legend. But like he like how is he better than Frank Nilakina? Like, like, please tell me. Like, he doesn't shoot at all. He's a, he's an elite defender like Nilakina. I, I just think because he got picked so high and because of his value and stuff, when he's driving to the rim posting up, then yeah, his value is immense. But he doesn't even do that anymore. So, like, I don't know. I may be a little harsh on him, a little bit of biased. I don't like Ben Simmons. I just had to get that rant out there because I just, every time I hear his name, I'm like, why would anyone trade anything valuable for this guy? Um, <laughs> I just yeah, can't it's, it's stand just, him. It's just, I don't know. It's just, one, it's his impact on the other end and how he's one of the best defenders in the league, if not they. He, yeah, I'll a, give you that. He's a lockdown. Yeah, his court vision reminds me a lot of someone who is my favorite player of all time and Rajon Rondo. But it's mm. the way he – how he does things in transition. He gets the board, he runs. He gets the board, he runs. He gets a no-look, beautiful dime. Obviously, we'd like to see him. What we saw in it is obviously something mental, as we know. And, you know, this whole thing that he's gone through and how far yeah. this has gone, obviously at it and you're like you so, something, something's not right yeah you, you just want to be that and he just wants to be gone and he doesn't want philadelphia interfering with anything and yeah like i said um it's a lot of personal thing like if he's mentally if he has mental health like i hope he gets better like i'm not doing any of that yeah. but just as a basketball himself basketball player at itself uh he's not not yeah he's not, it, i'm not in the ben simmons fan club it just it frust it's frustrating to see you Nail threes at a Los Angeles fitness all summer, and yeah. nothing's nothing's a problem. Like you got the stroke down, everything, and like you're confident. I mean, maybe it is the Philly fans. Who knows? Like maybe he just maybe want to be a part of that. And when he want to, when he wanted to label, it was all like oh California, like picking shoes. It's just I wrote a column on it a couple months ago, maybe a month or two. Like this really has gone too far, and. You know, <laughs> I think that's funny that you said that about Neil Aquina. Lonzo no. definitely doesn't deserve any hate. Like no, he Lon- is really- Lonzo gets yeah. hate because of his draft his draft value because he's a very good player. Like he's not he he's not like I think Lonzo Ball is gonna kind of compare to Jalen Suggs in a couple of years. Like they're they're well rounded basketball players, but that they're they you need every you need one of him on a championship team. Yeah, and uh Boston had big interest in him this summer when they did the Knicks did when too. they 
yeah, when we acquired Josh Richardson and Marcus Smart rumors when the were in the air and we let the next in Fournier. But he leads I think if not one of the top leaders, he leads the league in three point percentage, I'm pretty sure. He shoots over forty. His aggression yeah, I think is it's awesome. Patty Mills. Yeah, I know I know balls up there, but I I think I said it to you last week. It's it's the fact of how he came in with his old man and with yeah. the family celebrity stuff and but obviously, this is a beautiful destination for him, and he's figured it out. He's got the right mentality. Same with his brother. His brother looks awesome, and obviously, he'll be better. And like, he'd be an all star this year. And the right thing happens with Ben Simmons. And for me, I, I have no idea why Philadelphia doesn't have interest in Kyrie Irving. Obviously, it's where his mental state may be. But that trade just makes perfect sense. Both teams get better. The mm-hmm. Nets get an all-around defender who could do it all, but he doesn't have take to a jump shot. Yeah, he doesn't have – he could just be a huge point guard and can cover big men, can cover whatever they need. And then Kyrie – the Sixers get better. They get Kyrie Irving, and he could be – if he's on the court, he's an awesome pairing with Joel. Yeah. Um, so just to fact, fact check ourselves, Lonzo Ball is shooting 42.7% from three, which is 12th. The leader is Cody Martin of the Hornets, 50%. So um, it's forty three percent still good or forty three percent. Um, back to the uh, Pacers, like the original point of this topic. Uh, my take on it is, I think they should trade the three of them individually, because if you're gonna group these guys, that means you want to win, or like these guys are kind of like the last piece needed to make the playoffs or the, or be a championship contender. If you need all three of them. That means your team has like no like legitimate starting talent. So you wouldn't do that and you wouldn't get the return. And also from the Pacers standpoint, if you trade the three of them separately, you get more value like like draft picks and young players as opposed to trading all three of them and probably getting like a little bit less than you yeah, would get. Yeah, it, it just it just wouldn't happen in today's league. Like absolutely yeah. not. They would do it one by one. I was going to give another example before about Paul George, but I honestly – or besides Paul George, but I honestly forget. I feel like it was something they did at a conference or another mm-hmm. team. But yeah. you, in general, you see it happen a lot, I'm pretty sure. Like Westbrook with Washington and Westbrook with the Lakers. Like it's like you don't want to see your same star in conference, especially when you're playing them four times a year. But it just makes sense for Indiana because – as we, as I stated before, they are on the downslide, and mm-hmm. they're not. I don't think they're beating any of these top eight, ten teams in a playoff series. I they, mean, they could for sure beat the Knicks. <laughs> Sabonis is uh, awesome. I think he's a good player. I think he's a yeah, really good player. It's just, yeah, it's they're definitely breaking these players or these deals apart, and it's just not going to happen altogether. Definitely, yeah. I don't. I don't even think it happened. But, like, I just threw yeah. that idea out there. You know, you just feel for Miles Turner. I feel for him having those comments to what he said on The Athletic. Yeah. Because he has been rumored to be in deals or shopped around for multiple seasons in a row now. Boston almost got him in the kind of trade before he chose Charlotte. But last winter, that is, a uh, shortened season. But – before the show, I should say in the off season, but yeah, just I mean, 
it's just time for them. I mean, Carlisle's the coach. They got a better foundation there. But it's like you guys aren't winning. You guys aren't a free agent market. It's time to reload. And yeah, it's a shame because Demodis is young. Lavert's shown promise. He's young. Sure, Turner is decently young too, if maybe mid twenties to late twenties. And he's not making you know, I think at least for today's game, I think it was like eighteen million, because I would look at it when he was a rumor to go to the Celtics, but you know, a team like the Knicks obviously would help with one of those or would benefit with one of those three guys and especially someone like a Miles Turner who can space the floor as well. And not only is one of the best shop blockers in the league, he can score in the paint, he can space the floor. He kind of reminds me a younger vert of a younger version of Al Horford, who's bigger and like is more kind of explosive and athletic. I mean, I'm not trying to diss my guy Al. He's very underrated. Nah, he's older. He's, yeah, he's he's an underrated when it comes to the athleticism, but it, he's 35. Yeah. Um, before we get into the Turner comments, quick off the top of your head, where do you think DeMontis Sabonis is going? Or where do you think Karis LeVert is going? Just a quick, just like, gut reaction. Um, it's hard to put a stamp on a final destination. I mean, just like, there's like, just off the top of your head, like, you don't even have to explain it. Just a like when you hear Karis Levert, where do you think? Where do you? What do you think goes with that? And same with Sabonis. Um. Well. <laughs> all right. Well. Okay. Charlotte needs a big man, and they have for a, a while. I don't know about okay. their trade chips. Portland needs a wing eh. defender. Needs a wing defender to pair with Dame. Whether it's great, whether he's average, whatever. And also, like I said, Sacramento is always looking to shake things up, and all they do is make the wrong move. <laughs> yeah, well, they they got some talent, though. They do got some talent. I'll give them. Unless Philadelphia calls, you know, sees what the price is. I mean, you stole my idea. <laughs> it's just like it makes sense, and I mean, like you said, it's just for Simmons has been obvious. It's nowhere. It's been six months yeah. they've been making calls since June. And this could be an opportunity for them with those three I think, available. Yeah. I think first team for Sabonis, I think the Sixers. He mm-hmm. could slide into that four spot. You to be, he doesn't have to be the guy. He can facilitate. He can be your Ben Simmons with um as a big man. Like like he can facilitate for Harris and for um for Embiid. So yeah, that would not, be a good fit. yeah, not so much like in transition, but like he'll bring up the ball. He plays above the rim a lot more now, and yeah, uh, his perimeter game is awesome, and he could be a great power. I definitely see that. Yeah, and like I said, they, these are gut reactions. So like, I draft salary cap, no idea, just like where he fits. And for Lavert, he feels like a raptor. Like he, I mean, I don't think he, I don't think they they trade for him now. Although, I mean, they got some pieces. He's not going to cost that much. If you want to start building like a young core, if you want Scotty Barnes to be your star, then you got a lineup of Van Bleet, Levert, 
Um, you have Barnes in there. I don't know. I'm a big fan of Siakam. You have a lot of these young players. So he feels like a Raptor. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Raptors. It's the same conference. If, yeah. If we're going to go out of, if we're going to go out of conference, Utah. I like that choice. I mean, I like both. He fits Toronto because Nick Nurse thrives on wing defenders and guards. Yeah, you just think long athletes that just yeah. defend really well. You think Utah with As Joe well. Ingles and, mm-hmm. and Mike Conley. And with the Raptors, you think, like, as small as Van Vliet is, he's a, he's not a great defender. He's a solid defender. But Scotty Barnes is long. Too. Like, you just, I don't know, he just feels like, those are good fits. I don't know if they have the trade pieces, but I don't know. That's just not going to get into detail about it. That's how I feel about it. Always been high on their roster too. If we're right, if we're right, we're geniuses. If yep. we're wrong, we're still geniuses. But it's almost impossible to predict NBA trade sometimes. Absolutely. So um yeah, getting to the Miles Turner. Hey, this is a quote from him, a quote from CBS Sports on MSN.com. Miles Turner on Pacers trade shakeup rumors, and I and quoting him, I am not valued as anything more than a glorified role player. Well, Miles, a glorified role player means you're a starter, and you are like you're a good player. Like I'll give you that. And I don't know the relationship. Like he could be using terms a little like wrong, but you're a very good. You're a good starter in the NBA, and I will gladly take you on the Knicks. But it's not a good look when it comes to leverage, because now people are gonna be like, "Do we want to deal with this guy? Like, is he is he a good is he is he he's, he's a good player, but is he good enough to start saying this kind of stuff?" So, yeah, that's, I don't really have much of a take on it. You 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 know your value or you what you think your value should be, mm-hmm. and for him at least, like he I watched he was a pain last night and a pain the first the, the last time they played the Knicks or the first time they played the Knicks he was. He made seven threes in their first meeting. So, yeah, I mean, the Pacers might not value him, which is going to hurt them because they'd get less back for him. But for Miles Turner's sake, yeah, I mean, if they're going to break down, I, I, I try to get a, a fresh start. You know, you're a good player. You're a very solid player. A little bit underrated. Yeah, that's how, that, that would be my take on it. Yeah, it's just I, I'm kind of with them a little bit just because, like, like I said, it's just they had they are looking. You're right. Like he could be that, but they are labeling him as that. And like, I think he has potential to be better on a team like the Knicks or on a team like Charlotte, especially. And like, he should be spreading his wings. And he's got, like we said. I mean, I'm about to look up what his age is, but he has plenty of time in his career to continuous continuously improve on the offensive end besides his defensive abilities. And it's just like, you're kind of right. It's like, are you that good? But like, he definitely with the money he's made compared to some other guys. And he made a lot of money so far. I'm looking yeah, at it right now. It's just like, I need to spread the wings somewhere else. And I think it is he, time for them. He's a free know. agent after in 2023. So he's got this year of control and next year. So, yeah, he'd get more, be- and he's got some incentives, but that's just that's based on how you play. But he's making eighteen million. He's an eighteen million dollar cap hit. He makes seventeen point five million a year, so he's not crazy expensive, especially for the NBA. We're gonna get the Dame's contract um, request, I guess we have the term, which is wow, it's a lot of money, and he's not in Dame's class. 
obviously. But he's, he's going to be 26 years old at the end of his contract. So, yeah, I mean, I would give up an extra pick or an extra young player for him if you yeah, like – if you I need thought a big he was man. decently. My bad. I was yeah. just gonna say I thought he was like around that age. I didn't. I didn't want to yeah. say he was like twenty eight or something like that. I thought that might have been too old. No, yeah, he came in the league at twenty three. Um, similar to Sabonis and Levert. Off the top of your head, Miles Turner. Where does he fit? Hornets. Hornets. It's just I don't see any. <sighs> oh, I'm sorry. Wait, I said he started in the league in twenty nineteen. That's wrong. That's when his contract started. Uh, so his, he started in the league. He has six years of experience. He got drafted in 2015. So my apologies for that one. But uh, besides the point, where did you say Hornets? Yeah, I'm trying to really think into this. Obviously, a team like you said, Toronto could use another big man. Could use really someone who's a reliable. And I love his idea with the Celtics still, but. That's not the Celtics' problem anymore. They got a nice twin tower themselves. It's just about getting Jalen Brown back and about facilitating a consistent offense. Yeah, and uh, for the Hornets, it, it would it would probably cost you young players, like, which is fine. Like you, you give they, up. They have draft. a good core. Yeah, and I would give up draft compensation for him as well. It's just yeah, he's like a you, perfect. You'd have to give up book night. Yeah, I would do it. Yeah, I I would too, just because. Like, your team, like, I think LaMelo Ball, I, we talked about this last week, he's going to be, like, a top eight player. I, I think he's that good. Uh, he just looks like a star. And it just it looks perfect. And, like, his numbers are good. He's still young. He's going to have some kinks to deal with. But I, guess I, Turner, I agree with that. I, I, I think I'd go Charlotte. But if you were going to go out of the Eastern Conference, where would you go? I guess I have another idea for you regarding this. We know, you know, people might have a lot to say about this, but we know Golden State is high on Wiseman. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> I think they should be as well. But we also know that they've been aggressive on the phones when it comes to acquiring a potential third star, whether that could have been Rubio. I'm not saying mm-hmm. he's a star, but I know that they wanted him with Curry. Lonzo, they did. And, like, someone like Beal, like, they could hold the most leverage when it comes to that. They didn't want... I mean, they're really high on Wiggins. So Clay he's, having, said, he's having a really good year. Yeah, and Clay thinks he's an all-star because he's the best two-way player, or one of the best. Yeah, he might be the best two-way player besides Clay on the best team in the league. But it's like, I mean, someone like Sabonis or Turner would complete them, I believe, especially with – imagine their defense with Draymond Green's defense, and then you bring in Clay and you have Iguodala, Gary Payton the second. Yeah, I think they should. I'm Wiseman, but I think that's an interesting idea. I'd say, I guess. Yeah, the Western Conference is weird because the top t- the top teams in the conference have good centers. Like the Suns aren't trading Aiton for Miles Turner. The um the Warriors the, the, they're not gonna. I mean, they're not, not a bad idea. I'm looking at the Grizzlies right now because I know they traded Valanciunas, who mm-hmm. I think is one of the most underrated players in basketball. They have Stephen Adams, who's solid. But, you know, you get a guy, like, with John Morant, you know, run that pick and pop. Oh, this, that sounds right. That, that that sounds like it could work. I mean, yeah. And I, it's, it's just a weird team to be doing that. Like, Memphis isn't known for making, like, I mean, my, let's also not get this crossed up. Miles Turner is by no means Anthony Davis. We're going to get to Davis actually later. But got a reaction. Charlotte's a good idea. I was going to go Knicks. 
just because I'm a Knicks fan. And I'm going to go Memphis. Those are the two teams I would think fit him perfectly. I like those opinions because, yeah, I mean, Adams has been well for them. It's just they're not getting – New York's not getting that much consistency out of Mitch Robinson. Turner was really no, awesome no hands. <laughs> he drops yeah. the ball all the time, and I don't know why. I think if you offer up Miles Turner or mm-hmm. Steven Adams, I think they go with Turner based off athleticism and everything else he provides yeah. on the court. I mean, yeah. I'll give it to Adams. He's having a decent year when he gets a lot of opportunity and as well as a tra- traditional center. But it's just, yeah, I think that fit in Memphis with John Morant. I agree. Yeah. Um, staying on trades, we're going to talk about Dame now. Apparently, I want to get this number right because this number was just – I saw this number on like two years for this. I think it was 107. Yeah, two years, 107 million. That's the extension he wants, and the Blazers are against it. It's almost inevitable at this point. He's getting moved. I yeah. think the Celtics fit perfectly. I know teams don't want to give up. They don't want to give up on Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. but it makes a lot of sense. They make sense. The Sixers make sense. A lot of Eastern Conference teams make sense. The Knicks make sense, although I don't think they want to part ways with, like, Obi Toppin or R.J. Barrett. Yeah. So, or, or even, like, quickly, too. So, like, they might be not as much in the running because I don't know if they're a championship team with them. So, yeah, I'm not sure. He fits anyone. If he was in Golden State, I'm like, all right. They're not, he's not going to Golden State. Portland ain't trading him to a Western Conference team. I think Philly or or the Boston is kind of like where I'm thinking. The yeah. Miami just got Kyle Lowry, so they're not going to really be in the uh-huh. front for another one. And, like, I think this is, you know, we talk about not trading in the conference. This is, like, probably what could be the ultimate example of it. And you never know, but it's it's what you just said. I mean, these teams are just – Besides Philadelphia, I guess, they're just reluctant to make the big splash, some of them. I mean, the Knicks, I said last week, I believe, definitely benefits off that transaction. Not to throw was, I love R.J. Barrett. Yeah, so not to throw dirt on, on him. him I, know. <laughs> I know he was awesome the other night. I'm not trying to talk down on him, and I'm not saying they should give him up. But it's like you, You'd have to. They are a team that I think should pay the price, and I'm not going to go and act like, oh, well, the Celtics shouldn't. But it's like – I definitely think it's believable to say – now, Tatum and Brown playing together is clearly at least still at the moment. You know, I don't think it really is as much as people think, but it's the Celtics' big challenge. And yeah. three, though, when people say, you know, those are the two pillars. Like, they're no one's touching them. And – it's about getting them, you know, the well pieces around. Now, they have the interior and Rob Williams locked up. He'll only improve. And now Horford for maybe a few years beyond this. But it's – and like I said, they could re-sign Dennis Schroeder. Marcus Smart's been very – after having a putrid start to the season. And, you know, with the way I've seen free agents go with them the past few seasons, it'd be hard to imagine Schroeder just staying. But – Hopefully he really enjoys the fit, like he says. And but I was gonna say, say Boston doesn't make a run for Bradley Beal and Dame as well, as well as Dennis Schroeder. It's like Smart is like a foundational piece to them, and you know their heart and soul at all times. And 
has been awesome as a playmaker and as their point guard, fills the sheet a lot. But it's like it's safe to say he's not untouchable anymore. Obviously, he can't be your third best guy. I wouldn't mind if Schroeder was the point guard for the future. I wouldn't mind if Bradley Beal ran point. And, you know, Damian Lillard is a perfect spot for that as well. But, you know, not to focus so much on the Celtics. To get back on track, I would say a place that makes sense for Dame is definitely Philadelphia. Give up more than just Ben. And like we said, I think we talked about it last week. He has expressed interest in playing with Ben. It's, I think the other day the report came out that like he's looking for a defensive, you yeah. know, thing that he'd like to. Pay. I I saw it was Jalen Brown, Ben Simmons. Uh, I forget who else it was. I think it might have been Beal. Yeah, he wants it because also it's also a good opportunity to do it because McCollum. I mean, prayers for him. Collapsed lung. That sucks. Yeah, I mean that 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 well, that sounds like it hurts. I mean, I've never yeah. knocked on what I've never done it, but I, I he's such a likable guy, T.J. McCollum. I'm a Browns fan. Uh, going off subject, football. T.J. McCollum is a Browns fan, so we have that little bit of a connection. But um, Dame's he's just a, a likable player. Yeah, Dame's a big football guy too. He, what is he like the Raiders? Yeah, well, he says stop. He's not gonna watch him anymore after they they lost. But they're they're still good. The Raiders. This isn't a bad. This isn't a football podcast. So we're not going to talk about that. But, yeah, getting to your point, I think Philly makes a lot of sense because you have Tyrese Maxey, who I am a big fan of, and I know a lot of Philly Sixers fans are too. He's not Lillard. He comes off the bench. If Ben Simmons was there, he'd be coming off the bench. But I would – I'd give you Maxey. I'd probably give you Simmons. I mean, I don't – but, but if you do that, you're negating the point that – what Lillard wanted this whole time. Lillard wanted a defensive player. Obviously, he doesn't run the team, but he's just our player. That's how the NBA works. And you have to, you'd have to do that with Lillard. Like getting Simmons would cost you McCollum, not Lillard. Trading Maxi with a lot of picks and a lot of young players would probably cost you Lillard. So that's where I think it's like a weird line they have to draw. I don't know what they're going to do because like Dame still doesn't want to leave, and like I respect that. I just think maybe a fresh star would be good for him and good for the Blazers. I'm looking here. You're talking about Beal like, getting traded. They're in fifth place. Yeah, it's <laughs> – trust me. I don't I... know how. Yeah, well, Kyle Kuzma – this is getting recorded on a Thursday, by the way. So, yesterday he um, said he had to wave him home. I'm like, all right, Kyle Kuzma, relax. Yeah. Like, come on. It's. <laughs> I think I might have graced over it last week, but it's, it's just like the reason – okay. Well, first of all, did you have a point you wanted to finish as well before I said this? Uh, no, I just think I think Philly and the Celtics are the best fits for him. Yeah, so it's the reason why, like, I get it. The Celtics have not been much of a free agent destination, at least, like, compared to some of these other teams or, like, you know, have had bad luck in free agency. It's because, or I was going to say, the reason why I have the whole Bradley Beal, the Boston fantasy is because I'm not just basing off his recent comments, nothing, but obviously the one doubt about it is Washington's success. And I brought it up last week, how him and Lillard are the two guys that you look at and you're like, okay, like are you really this, you know, we, I had this hope of him becoming a Celtic as a free agent is not just like, 
Obviously, the downside of it is Washington's success, but we look at guys like him and Lillard, and we're like, okay, like, you're really disloyal, which I believe they are, but it's Beal and Tatum are that Matt Stafford and Clayton Kershaw of, like, today, kind of, and it actually annoy me whenever we play Washington, and it's just, like, a laugh fest and happiness in the games that we'd be losing, but Tatum does show out against him and Beal has been vocal of them being best friends since day one. And I think it was when this signed his extension this past off season, he tweeted the Clovers, you know, he's very in- interactive with the fans on Twitter and Beal liked it. I mean, I, he's just showing his support for him, but like, dude, obviously there's an interest there with the Celtics or having, there's there's some traction there. They're def I think yeah. it's a little bit just just because of Tatum, but it's like my money would be set on him staying. I would say okay, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree. I, I don't know. I just think it's weird. Like they're like people are basing it off the fact that Lillard want to get traded, but it's at the end of the day, do the Blazers want to trade him? Like if the Blazers want to trade him, it's not Lillard can't really do anything. Yeah, I, I don't mean to get. It's like the it's like the opposite of like the NBA. Usually, it's like, oh, the guy wants to get traded, and the team doesn't want to trade him. Like it's the opposite. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, I don't mean to get sidetracked with Bradley Beal when we're talking about Damian Lillard. I was gonna say, but I would say the same for him. I would bet he stays because of loyalty. But it's they need to figure things. out. I mean, it's growing pains. New coach. He says it himself. We saw his tweet. Yeah. People just love drama. And, like, obviously the media continues to push a narrative. But it's, like, just you guys just got to find them the right roster. I'm sorry. And, like, a better partner. I mean, McCollum's awesome. Yeah, just, like, a, a better – a better what's the term? Not a more stable team. Like, a better built team. Like, a more – Yeah. Equal, a more um, complete team. Give them more support. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I love McCollum. I think Nurkic is good. Zach Collins just can't stay healthy. And, I don't think um, he's on the team anymore. Is he on the team still? Uh, yeah, I haven't heard his name in <laughs> God knows how long. Since since uh, he hasn't been healthy since they made the Western Conference Finals. No, he's on the Spurs now. Yeah, I was going to say, I was about to double check it, but I thought it was there. But they got guys like, they're a defenseless team. They got guys like Cody Zeller, Larry Nance. I talked about them last week. Dennis a Smith. Bit. Dennis Smith, Nasir yeah. Littles, right. uh, Norm Powell who's good and has a championship. But mm-hmm. yeah. it's like, this is not a contending team. I don't think this is a top five seed in the West at all. And they're, they're, right now they're, right now they're out of it right now. They're like, like on the outside looking in very out of it. 11 and 15. Yeah. They'd let the Celtics score five points on them. Hey, can the Knicks play them? We Without Jalen Brown, nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to now talk about Charles Barkley. Well, kind of Charles Barkley. He's going to, like, start off the conversation. Um, no quote exactly, but basically, in the easiest of terms, a lot of Laker fans and NBA people are blaming Frank Vogel for the Lakers, quote-unquote, struggles, blaming Russell Westbrook, blaming LeBron being hurt. And Charles Barkley basically came out and said, Anthony Davis, you have to play better, and that I mean, he's he's not playing terrible. He's not shooting well, which is concerning for now. Do, do you agree or disagree with this? In my opinion, I kind of both. It's not one person's fault, but AD, you're kind of the star 
in your prime because LeBron's now approaching 40 almost. He's not he's like 36 or 37. But yeah. AD, you're the you're the prime star. Like you have to you 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 were brought here to be the guy and yes, you won a championship, but you, you're a Laker. You have to be the guy and you haven't really stepped up to the plate in that nature. But in the same deal, LeBron getting hurt doesn't help. I don't think Frank Vogel's a bad coach, so I'm going to disagree with that one. Russell Westbrook's turnovers haven't helped. So, what's your take on that? Tuesday night against Boston, I, not to be biased, but I kind of believe LeBron a little bit when he said this might have been our best offensive showing of the year. And oh, were, yeah, it was. They, they, only, um, they looked in sync. Yeah, not only could the Celtics not make a shot off second half, their defense was pretty sharp. I want to say we were all for our first, like, eight or nine. Start at the half. Davis is 24-10-3 and three in all 24 games, shooting over 50. Like, he's doing his job, definitely, especially with Westbrook coming in the picture. His numbers are better now than what they were last season. He wasn't himself last year. He's always had some injury knickknacks, but I'll tell you what, 18.8% from three is not very good. I mean, that's the only thing I would knock him on considered how usually great his stroke is from out there. Like, I remember in the bubble, we talk about Curry uh, and his practices and not hitting much of the rim. Everything Davis would shoot in the bubble was all cord. So it's like, yeah, we know Barkley, what he says, some of these, you know, Tuesday and Thursday nights and how he puts the blame on other guys. Uh, he did it with Vogel on um, I'm pretty sure pregame he was saying LeBron's old. Like, AD, you should be the guy now. And coming out, um, LeBron was – when he would talk about the whole Kyrie Irving thing with them too, he would say that he was ready to give him the keys before Kyrie requested the trade and before he later became a Celtic. You know, that was kind of the narrative after the Lakers won in the bubble. It was like, well, this is going to be Anthony Davis's team moving forward. And it definitely is, but I I don't know. Charles is looking for a narrative, and LeBron's doing his job for every game he's been on the court as well. Westbrook's starting to pick it up with a fully healthy team. It's just like, obviously, people are going to point fingers. And, you know, uh, Charles was that, yeah, they did play the Celtics and without Brown. So it's like, yeah, and you were home. And Boston also kind of, it was the opposite of what happened in Boston on November, I believe it was the 19th. They always split the series, and it's just, I would say, based off Charles's comments, you know, it feels like every Tuesday or Thursday he has someone or a narrative to pick. He did it with Joel Embiid a few times, and whether he responded or not, he did it with Giannis. And it's like, I love Charles Barkley, but it's like, it's tough to put, despite some of the nicks from the knickknacks. Yeah hard to, you know, downgrade Anthony Davis or talk negative about him. And yeah, last year it might have been worth it, but it's like, dude, it, obviously there's going to be growing pains and they are not uh, coming close to expectations. And there's definitely, just like the Nets, I mean, the Lakers aren't the Nets even, but there's definitely, you know, not underrated, but they are not performing. The Nets are performing. I don't mean to mm-hmm. backtrack on what I said before, but it's like the Lakers, this is pretty unacceptable. And, you know, someone deserves the blame. I get it. But it's just like this kind of happened in the beginning when LeBron first started. 
another Paul Dominic guy. It happened in uh, Miami. I'm pretty sure the record wasn't brilliant to start. With Wade? Yeah, and it happened with Kyrie Irving. I I don't know what the record was to start, but, like, if anybody figures it out, it's him. And I definitely don't think that someone who many people believe is one of the best bigs in history, I suppose, deserves any blame. Yeah, I just, I just I I still think it's a little too early to start worrying. They they still gotta get to know each other. Exactly. That's the problem the Clippers have a lot is that like Kawhi doesn't play a lot, so him and Paul George can never really get going. But yeah, I mean that's the Lakers will be all right in my opinion. They're they're all too talented, so it it's better to judge them at the All Star break than anything. So um, to move on from that. We're going to spitball one one more thing before we get to our predictions for the for this Friday's slate. The Houston Rockets are the most interesting team in basketball. They lost 15 in a row. Lose 15 in a row is I don't know how you do that. That means you're off for 15 games, you're not making shots, you're not getting stops. They did all of that. And now they have won seven in a row, and they're the first team in NBA history to lose 15 in a row and then right after that win six in a row, which is now a seven-game winning streak, including them beating the Nets, uh, which the Nets are really good. It is the Nets' first loss to a team under 500 this year. The Rockets are now eight. They have eight wins now. They, were, they had one win. They had one win. One win. They were... What is it? They were one and sixteen, and now they're eight and sixteen. So basically, the Rockets are going to go to the playoffs and beat everyone. No, I'm kidding. They're not doing that. They're also doing this without Jalen Green and most recently Kevin Porter has been out. I like Christian Wood as a player. Rockets is still rebuilding. I just thought it was a little fun thing to throw in here. I like to throw in one one fun thing. Well, it's all fun. You know what I'm saying, but. Wow, that is so interesting. Uh, that's like you want to talk about ebbs and flows. Well, their what's first... your take on that? I don't really know what to say. Yeah, I mean, they seem to be a, an interesting story in general since the whole Harden thing. Which I don't know if you saw, but did you see the ovation he received in the tribute? Last yeah, rightfully deserved. Rightfully so. I mean, yeah, he, he was a great rocket. I could be wrong, but I I feel like. Maybe not. I was going to say maybe – oh, I guess because they didn't have fans. It didn't happen last season. I was going to say that. It might have been the second time. But they're first in free throws. Um, they're ninth in three-pointers made. They got six guys in double digits. And Tice hasn't played very much. I know they've been kind of scratching him. Daniel Tice, Celtic legend. Uh, oh. eight, eight and a half points. Shangun, the rookie, he's eight and a half points. So that's close to eight guys. And then Christian Wood does his thing. Awesome rebounder, averaging 11. Uh, Jalen Green, he's doing all right. He it was very, he's, he's hurt right now. Yeah, he still has that hamstring issue. But it seemed like, I think we talked about it last week. It seemed like there's going to be those growing pains. But like as long as he trends in the right direction and learns, that's all that matters, especially in this system. Kevin Porter Jr., he's also hurt, but he hasn't been quite what he showed last year, but he still, you know, contributes. Eric Gordon continues to be a solid veteran, 14 and a half. He's probably going to get traded. Yeah, he's also seen his name in a lot of rumors, and he hasn't. He's kind of like P.J. Tucker of last year. 
Yeah, he hasn't been too quiet about it either. Like, he will yeah. say what he has to say. From three, he shoots 43 and a half. He shoots 47 from the field. Deshaun Tate improving very nicely. He's not that great from the outside under 30, but he's got 12 a game. He he's, also, a, he's a solid – I think he's a solid player. He, he's a second year, so yeah, he's still he's, growing. But he, he's, a, he's one of those guys that's like – he's an athlete. Yeah, and he he's puts up six boards as well. He had a forget what the stat line was, but last week he had an unreal game. I think it might have been against OKC. Go not surprising, right? But um, yeah, so, yeah, they lost by like seventy points last week, which was uh, we talked about that. There's yeah, not much to talk about there, so yeah, and not even like it's that like unlikable like Garrison Matthews he was on the Celtics training camp roster and they let him go for Jabari Parker it's not like he would have seen much floor time with Boston but shoots 40 from three 47 from the field 81 from the line 12 points as well and you know guys like Daniel House Jr he's has experience with them he's a shooter he played with Westbrook and Harden as well Augustine has experience Kenyon Martin Jr kind of, you know, showed who he was at the end of last season and more opportunities beginning to come for him. He's only averaging 15 and a half minutes, but with Tice sitting, he's more opportunity as he should be. Armani Brooks, you know, another guard who sees a lot of minutes for them. They're very interesting. I could tell you that. Yeah, I just think it's wild how you can just, like there are a lot of teams that are like win, loss, win, loss, win, win, loss. (laughs) And there's a lot of teams that win three in a row, lose two in a row. But to lose 15 and then win six, now seven, that that there's a reason why it's a record. It's not even like they're standing out, too, on either of the ends. You know, they're still down there, 22 in points per game, 26 in points allowed. So Yeah, by no, no, by no, we, no means are they a good basketball team. <laughs> we are but trying to win. They are rebuilding. Ever. Yeah, but it's, it's just it's just wild. Like, interesting. I guess it would take a bad team to do this. Mm-hmm. But um, so we could segue this, I guess, into our predictions for the week. We got a lot of games to talk about. We got nine games. We'll just run through them. Nothing we're gonna start off with the Rockets. Like I said, we're not gonna predict the Thursday games because this comes out on Friday for you guys to listen to. So we're gonna start off with the Rocket game. They play Milwaukee at home. I'm that. riding. I'm riding. I'm riding their wave. I'm getting on the rocket. They're they're gonna beat Milwaukee. Milwaukee's coming off a bad loss, which doesn't make sense. But they're you know they're gonna lose again because the Rockets, they're hot. You know, seven in a row, big win against the Nets. They're home. Yeah, we're going Rockets. Maybe. Milwaukee's eight and a half point favorites. By the way, for all you uh gamblers out there. I definitely like the Cinderella idea. It's tough for me to agree with you and say it myself, but it's tough for me to. I'll go with the Bucks, but I'll say it's a close game. Yeah. You're getting off that rocket ship, I guess. I, yeah, All right, so, I have to. You know, they don't, yeah. they don't speak that loud to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just riding the wave, you know? But um, All right, so we're going to start off with the Knicks against Toronto, Toronto's home. I don't know. These are evenly matched teams. I'm going to go with the Knicks, though. I think something happened against the Spurs, and they figured something out. And then 
playing back-to-backs going from San Antonio to Indiana, you're going to be a little more tired, and it showed in their defense. So I think coming back, getting a day off, they're still on the road, but they're in Toronto, homecoming for R.J. Barrett. I expect them to have a big game. I think they win this game in a close one. Like I said, I like the Raptors as a team, but I think the Knicks are better. Again, I hate to disagree with you. I definitely <sighs> like you just got to be that guy. You got you to gotta go against the Knicks. It's not even that. It's just I agree with you. They definitely seem to have turned a corner in that San Antonio game, although last night was unlikely. But it's just because just I'm high on Toronto and I like the way they play at home and they're good as a group mm-hmm. defensively. And just it's just with the Knicks offense, I mean, unless Randall's really clicking on the road, it's tough to picture that prediction. But in my opinion, I will stay with the dinosaur and <laughs> go with my guy, Nick Nurse, I suppose. I like the Nurse. I just think the Knicks in Toronto are kind of the same. Good game. So it's, like a, it's, it's a toss-up. The line on this game is not even out yet, for um, at least on my phone. So moving on, Dallas Indy. It was going to be a not a homecoming, but a rematch for Rick Carlisle. A little bit of a revenge game, but now he's out. COVID, which is why I'm going Dallas here. Losing your coach, never a good thing. Dallas is also the better team. Who knows how the Pacers are feeling in their locker room. They might be – they just came off an emotional win yesterday. You could see it with Sabonis. I don't know. I just think Dallas is a better team. I'm going to go Dallas, though. I picked them last week. They let me down. But they're not <laughs> going to let me down two weeks in a row. Luka is going to just keep getting better. I know he's got some conditioning issues, but by the stretch run, he'll be fine. I think Dallas wins this game in a close one again. I think Indiana's a little bit underrated, but not good enough to not warrant those trades they want to make. So, yeah, we're going Dallas here. So, right now, I'd be 3-0 and because these are definitely going to happen. So, what do you think is going to happen? I'll agree with you. I'll, I'll go with the Mavs. I'll say it'll be a good game. Unfortunate, Rick doesn't get to play his former team. You know, two greedy ball clubs that – Luca will have some help with Tim Hardaway Jr. We don't know Porzingis' status, or at least I don't yet. They got guys like Finney Smith who step up. Bullock hits big threes. Jalen Brunson, good year. Nick Legend, Reggie Bullock. What'd you say? Nick Legend, Reggie Bullock. <laughs> Gritty yeah, defender. I think Porzingis is going to play. I think he's going to play. I will pick Dallas. I'm down. Yeah. All right, we got to agree on one. This is an interesting one. Sacramento, Charlotte. I'm going to go the Kings here. Charlotte is they're <laughs> scuffling a little bit with LaMelo out and a lot of their guys on the COVID list. Sacramento is now riding a three-game winning streak. And they they got a good, they beat the Clippers twice in that stretch. And their last game is Orlando. So make that as you want. Even on the road, I think Charlotte is too shorthanded to stop De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes. And eh, not Marvin Bagley. He's kind of like, whatever. Those kind of – Rashawn Holmes, I think, is very solid. I think Sacramento wins this game. It's a pick em, So, it's, they think it's going to be close as well. Yeah, I'm going Sacramento here. Again, don't hate the opinion, but – and not that oh, the not. interior – One of us is going to have an awful record after this week. And it will probably be me again. What was I, four and five? We said – yeah, um, forgot to mention before we started this, when we finally get a visual, uh, a video format, I can probably show you the records and stuff. But last week I went six and three, Rob went four and five. We're going to keep a cumulative record, a weekly record, 
And who knows? This is all for bragging rights. So we'll see who gets uh, it. I mean, not that the interior really matters against Charlotte, but Holmes is questionable with the eye injury. Barnes just came back. He had an all right game last That's night. That's the player I forgot about. Harrison Barnes. How did I forget about Harrison? No, yeah. He's a solid player. Halliburton as well. Yeah. Uh, Tyrese has continued to climb. Awesome playmaker for an ugly oh, stroke. Actually, um, on the outside. Hates cut you off. Hates cut you off. Twenty nine minutes ago via Roto World, Rashawn Holmes out at least two games. Does that change my prediction? Not at all. Kings, let's go. Well, that definitely puts a stamp on Rob's fantasy team. But, uh-huh. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going with the Hornets. Just because okay. that that'll open up more opportunity for Bagley, and as we've seen, they've been trying to boost his trade value, and give him a lot more minutes, and he's definitely shown some improvement. And yeah, they took out Miles Turner. I mean, Marvin Bagley's got to shut up. Yeah, like and, come on, man! Like you're not that good. Yeah, I, I hate to be that guy, but you you haven't done enough. Yeah, and I mean, I I don't. He's clearly just putting the franchise and organization on blast. Because they have mm-hmm. a bunch of problems and they continuously make the wrong move, and he clearly just doesn't want to be around it. I don't blame yeah. him, but yeah, before you can talk that talk, you got to prove a little more to us. But I'll go. Yeah, with the you Hornets. were a high pick for a reason. Yeah, I'll go with Charlotte. You know, Terry Rozier's out. Um, more opportunity for Book Knight for Cody Martin. Gordon Hayward has played really well. Kelly Oubre. I'm pretty sure his last like, I could be wrong. But five or seven games, he was averaging like over twenty four, shooting like beyond forty. From- Kelly Oubre is king for four or five games a year, just to drop like fifty for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> that that I don't even have stats to just. He just I looked up the other night. He's got thirty two. I'm like, how does that happen? Yeah, and he's really shown his improvement as little as or as much as people want to talk down on him and hate him. But he's I like really, Kelly Oubre. Yeah, he's become a nice two way player and. Yeah, being in Golden State's system, a shame he couldn't play with Clay, but that definitely helped. I thought coming into the Charlotte stint, this was a good spot for him, especially with the screaming dunks. And if I hear a scream during Merrick Collins, I might switch my <laughs> pick to the Kings. But PJ Washington, him, Miles Bridges, I will go with the Hornets. Okay, I mean, I, I think the Hornets are good, so. Mm-hmm. I think they're very good. They're going to be like I think they're going to be like a top tier Eastern Conference team within the next couple of years. Um, moving on to probably one of the two games of the night, probably the game of the night for the Eastern Conference, Brooklyn Atlanta. What do you think about that? It seems to be in that Boston New York range. I mean, as we thought they would coming into the year, but higher up standings, they just seem to be. You know, looking to get over the hump and looking to find their true identity. Durant will be well after taking a night off yesterday. Harden will be there, obviously. They have Claxton, obviously, does this gritty stuff. Pretty sure he had a decent game and his return to Dallas the other night. I got to go with the Nets. I think it'll be a good game. I think Trey will do his thing. And uh, it's just, you know, by. Banged up for Atlanta. John Collins has shown his improvements. Clint Capella. Yeah, awesome. Bogdanovich is out two or three weeks. Yeah, Clint Capella is awesome. I've always been a fan of uh, his game and what he brings in the paint. Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter doesn't seem 
seem to have that big lead yet, but I will. You know, Kevin, he's never going to, unless maybe he plays Philly in the playoffs, he's never really going to go to the next level. But I will go with the Brooklyn Nets and Atlanta. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Durant rested, coming off a bad loss. Nets are a better team. They, they, they've kind of gotten their groove going. They're just kind of cruising now. Hawks, good team, but like similar to the Knicks and to the Celtics, they just they can't find consistency. And it's early. Like I, uh-huh. you, you got to judge kind of after after Christmas. But yeah, back to the point. I think Nets win this game. I think they win it pretty convincingly too. I don't know if the Hawks defense could stop the Nets. And Durant continues to be Durant, so that's yeah. I I've never seen that guy miss. I'm convinced. Um. So moving on now. For the game that no one cares about, <laughs> Detroit New Orleans. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with. The We're team. gonna go with the home team again. Last week I picked the home team and it worked. We're going for the uh, irrelevant game of the week. Irrelevant game of the week. We're going Pelicans over the Pistons. They have a combined eleven wins and forty losses. Pelicans are minus six. They're both bottom feeders when it comes to offense and defense. So, yeah, we're going to send go to the Pelicans here. Don't really have much to say about it. Yeah, I mean, and Devontae Graham has kind of declined a little bit. Uh, it's just the same old with New Orleans, as we know. I would uh, – I'll go with Detroit just because <laughs> I like You're Cade. You're going to have a terrible record. Cade, <laughs> Cade has also shown good averages this past couple games. Shown plenty of improvement. Jeremy Grant has also had a good year. I'm pretty sure he's 19 or 20 a game, just like last season. Although management and staff didn't run the year and tried to preserve him as much as possible. You know, Isaiah Stort. Jamaican Hulk, someone called him. <laughs> Beef stew, they call him. Yeah. Tough to see them win in an environment like this on the road, not to, you know, over gas New Orleans, but they're still babies. I think they should win the game though. I'll pick them. And that'll be mm-hmm. a fun game for us to look back on. Not gonna lie to you, I'm gonna watch probably zero seconds of that game. Me as so. well, but I'll keep track of the score and Killian Hayes yeah. is another guy who's Yeah. You no know, I guess he was actually through. from New York. So um whoever called Jamaican Hulk, you were a tad wrong. We'll just go with that. Um, so, next game, Cleveland-Minnesota. This is a solid game. I mean, both young teams. Minnesota's actually not in shambles for once. I'm going Cleveland. I think they're better. I think Darius Garland's coming into his own. The, by no means is Minnesota out of it. I think they're better than Portland at this point. So, but, um, yeah, we're going to go Cavs here. Going to support my Browns-Cavs fans. I'm a Browns-Knicks fan, so I'm a little weird. But I think Garland comes into his own even more. Jared Allen's good. Yeah, I think they're just going to start. They're going to start. They're going to be this year's Knicks, I think, the Cavs. Yeah. Like last um, year's Knicks, meaning. I'll agree with everything you just said. I think they'll win. I think Garland has a good game. I think Jared Allen's been awesome. Mobley continues to be great. Kevin Love has some good games, whether or not marketed and plays well next to him or not. They got these little chip on their shoulder guys Chetty Osman, uh, Isaac Okoro, Evan Mobley. Yeah, said it. I was going to say, why haven't I seen Rubio around in a bit? Rubio? <laughs> yeah, I haven't He heard played much well of him. last night. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I haven't 11, seen nine highlights. 
Yeah, he dropped. I think he dropped thirty five in the Knicks. I'm like, where did this come oh, from? Oh yeah, I, I watched that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, you know what? Like, I mean, I can't get mad because like that doesn't happen ever. <sighs> yeah, um, we'll go with the Cavs on the road. I agree with you yeah. though. I think Minnesota could even be better than Portland with their three man core. Yeah, Anthony Edwards is is a character, and I love it. I love mm-hmm. the acts. Yeah. Okay, uh, Lake Lakers Thunder. Uh, it, this should be an easy game to pick, but you know the Lakers just the Thunder kind of have their number. Um, I'm still gonna go to the Lakers though. I mean, they're just too talented. LeBron's back. I don't think he allows them. I, it sounds weird, but I don't think he allows them to lose. Like I think he just he he's just going to play to the point where he's not going to. Oh, they play tonight. They play tonight, actually. Today's Thursday. Um, yeah, at Memphis, they play. There might be a shot. They don't play tomorrow. Eh, it doesn't matter. The Thunder are so young. Yeah, I'm going Lakers, depending on who plays because of load management and those kind of things. Don't know the like what the score is going to be, but if they all play, it's going to be a blowout. Maybe not 70 points like last week, but it'll be a blowout win. If, if they play guys like THT, Melo, Rondo, like if LeBron doesn't play, then uh, I think they still win. So I'm yeah, I'm going Lakers. Yeah. Um. I mean, I wish we'd see more of my guy Rondo. As much as we've seen him this year, it seemed like Vogel would pair him and uh, Westbrook a lot in backcourts. But I'd say LeBron doesn't take the night off tomorrow. I would say agree with you. I'll take the Lakers because LeBron is definitely motivated and. There was that little narrative on Twitter and the internet that the Thunder would give them trouble in the beginning of the year. I'm pretty sure they only they played they split one and one home. No, I think the Thunder. I'm pretty sure the Thunder had like they were getting blown out twice, and they came like they played three times. I think. Yeah, they were down. Fact check or something. Yeah, they beat the Lakers 107-104 on uh, November 4th, and they beat them 123 to 115. So, yeah, yeah they, they've been there both times. So, I don't see how they beat him three times in a row. I think Westbrook will be extra motivated knowing he's kind of turned a corner with those two by his side. I think LeBron, as we just – as I and you just said, he's definitely more motivated now that he's back. I think it could be a close game, maybe under 10, maybe closer, but I think they come away with it. Yeah, I mean, I just think they're – That's just what happens. going to out-talent them. I think yeah, they're just going to out-talent them. What you and, um, I was just going to say what you just said about the first. That's just what happens early on when, you know, quote-unquote growing pains as we've yeah. out there in this podcast. Yeah. And uh, last game of the slate, your game, because, you know, Celtics. This is probably the second-best game on the slate behind NetHawks. Um, Boston at Phoenix. You know, Phoenix is just their tough team. <laughs> It's similar to wow, this is a gauntlet for the Celtics. They've played Utah, Portland, Lakers, Clippers, Phoenix, and they've lost three out of four. Hate to be that guy. It's going to be four out of five. And after that, you guys got to play Milwaukee and then Golden State and then us, meaning the Knicks, then Philly, Cleveland, Bucks. Holy wow. You guys got to win some tough games. But, um,. Yeah, I, I think the Suns win this game. I just think they're 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 still somewhat under the radar. Like I don't get it. They're twenty and four, but I still I think they're on the Suns are just rolling right now. I know Booker isn't the healthiest if he even plays the it's Celtics. Just, yeah, have a tough tough time winning this game. 
I want to say see what you're saying with the under the radar thing. I don't want to compare them to like the Jazz of last year. Clearly not because this team made the finals and this team is probably better on paper all around. Um, and we see it in the standings. They, like we said, they have Chris Paul. They have DeAndre Ayton, deep defenders and Crowder and Bridges. And they just have a great, gritty group of guys. And this is a championship caliber team. And I don't think they should be getting talked down on or under the radar. You know, they don't belong in that jazz range, obviously. They just made the finals. I know the yeah. was hurt. Yeah, I know the Lakers were hurt. But it's, yeah, I'll go with the Suns. It's just because, you know, I was talking to my friend about it before. He's a Celtic fan and said, I feel like they play better Boston against better teams, which I agree. But after these, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But I think, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I just think the Suns are going to have, they're going to be too much to handle. Yeah. And like, I definitely, it's just after these past two games for the Celtics, it's hard to say, okay, we'll really make a statement here on the road. And it's just until they prove it to me, like, I'll, I'll be back, you know, with the right attitude of about them if they somehow come away with it. But also, it's the same thing every night with Jalen, which Ime Udoka can continuously is playing him smart. You know, we want to wait till he's 100%. And we, here I go with the Wii's. The Celtics want to uh, wait till he's fully ready and they don't want to risk anything because obviously he is their pillar, second pillar. Obviously, this team is plenty, as I've been saying, it was a lot more well rounded than last, but you need him and it shows. And if he plays, I'll think maybe there is a chance. And maybe, regardless, like you just said, it'll be a close game. But I'll go with the Suns. And it's the same story with Jalen. Every pregame, almost every night, it's they're preserving him. And itching to play 90% range, which is definitely good. But as a return date, we don't know. And here in the beginning of this, you're going to wait till your 25-year-old pillar is 100%. But I, yeah, Phoenix. All right. I agree with that. So, our picks are a tad different. One of us isn't going to have a good record this week, or both of us, depending on how the games go. Um, that's all we got for this week, though. Uh, Rob, would you like to plug any social media outlets? Uh, nothing. Uh, are going to post our first pod, and we'll post this one probably around the same time or shortly after. And if you guys care, I, uh, Rob Green, NBA, I did a interview with a former Big East player of the year from Rutgers and an MLB outfielder named Patrick Kibbleham. I posted it last night. I interviewed him as a pod and it is on my social media. The links are there provided. So yeah. Yeah. I love, uh, the links will be in the descriptions below. Um, don't forget, uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, follow our Instagram, the Sports Bible One. The one is a number, and um, you can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor itself. So, um, hope you guys enjoy listening. I'll see you all next Friday.